Good morning, Stacey Insurance. This is Linda. Can you speak to Billy, please? Who's calling, please? It's Joey Jingola. Hold on. Thank you. Joey. Billy, how you doing, sir? Good. Tough night last night, huh? This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Here's the thing, though. We as humans, it's like, well, there's just a lot of us, right? Unless you're in, like, the most obscure rural area with such a small local feel, you can be the best just to enough of a segment and be just fine, right? You shouldn't be relying on just realtors anyhow. And being the best is, is part of that mindset of saying, I'm going to help people out. There are a lot of us, 7.125 billion to be exact, but are you the best around? And that was my buddy Billy Van Jura talking about the idea about being the best. And are you the best to just enough people or to the people that you need to be the best for? And this was coming on the heels of, um, I might, we might have touched on this on the last show Billy was on, and uh, it was episode 86, I believe, and it was uh, you know, uh, be better, um, get more deals done, referrals, I can't remember the exact name, something like that. Um, again, centered around being better, and it was about the idea of um, being the best. And I think I said in that show is you know, saying be better, be the best, it's kind of bad advice, right? It's hard to say because it's kind of impractical, right? We all can't be the best, and it's kind of a cop-out. But Billy flipped it on its head and said, hey, Joey, listen, you're an idiot because guess what? You know, Unless you're living in a town that there's like 15 people, there's a good chance that you can be the best for a certain group of people and you'll be just fine. And obviously a lot of the conversations that we've had with Billy, we were talking about realtors and all that fun stuff. And he's saying, listen, you shouldn't be just relying on these certain one type of sources. It's hey, be the best, do what you do, be who you are for the people that you want to be it for. And if you're able to do that, then, Hey, you're not going to have to worry about as much as you think you have to worry about. And it's because you're not, able or willing or whatever the case is to be the best for a certain group of people, then you end up being average for everybody. And that is not a whole lot of fun. And uh, first of all, I guess I should have said anybody, um, if anybody can can pick the subtle clue, the 80s clue of the headline, uh, you know, are you the best around? Uh, if anybody picks that up, I'll, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'll give you probably a whole lot because it'd be awesome if you pick up on that um it was a big big joke inside joke we'd always toss it out in college and high school i think uh big time 80s movie uh just just kind of tossing it out there but if you know you think being the best means hitting certain benchmarks or whatever it is or just this you know these vanity metrics that you know maybe not mean a whole lot to somebody else other than yourself that's where you tend to get into trouble and because you know to be honest i never really i've never ever was brought up in an insurance environment or never operated in this way and i'm glad to hear that billy feels the same way 
you know, what's the method of car dealers, right? Get it out before the end of the month, right? We, we've got to get it done before the end of the month. You know, we got to move as many cars as month as we can. Now, I offer it on a monthly calendar myself, but we'll never sacrifice your personal insurance. We'll never sacrifice your situation just to get a deal done, right? So unlike, you know, on the car model, like, well, we just got to get them in this month. And I tell the people that I'm, you know, kind of in a new training phase with some folks and I tell them, I said, you know, no deal is that important. So I've got to ask you, do you think that there is a deal that important? Because obviously that's, you know, what Billy just described and he had a, he had an example that he went into uh, kind of a story to tell about, you know, a time where, you know, he had an issue with a lady and it was, you know, they, they could have slammed the door. I think it was a guy slammed the door shut that month if they wanted to. But again, they didn't because guess what? It's not worth it. And uh, I think they delayed it because guess what? Rates were going to go down and be cheaper the following month. And that's the question I have to ask you. Is there a deal that you think is that important? Is it worth sacrificing somebody's situation to close that deal for yourself that month? And I, again, I've never, I never really thought of it as a thing. And I guess probably there are agents out there that do such things, which is terrifying. And I'm breaking out in a cold sweat right now just thinking about it. But is there a deal that is that important? Should there be? I don't think there should, because guess what? You know, you know, like Billy said, he tells the people that he trains in his agencies, like, hey, listen, there's no deal that important. And you need to realize that and remember that every single day. Because yeah, it might be nice if you close that one extra sale, you know, at the end of the month. But guess what? If it happens in the 1st of April or the 1st of May or the 1st of June, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen, right? And, you know, one of the things that I've heard on several occasions from, you know, people that I've worked with, and it's interesting, I don't know if you deal with this, uh, dealing with the people that call me through the internet, that find me, watch the, you know, watch my videos and all that stuff. They'll call me up, you know, even a couple weeks, uh, you know, after I first talked to them a month or two later, and they'll feel the need to jog my memory as if I'm not going to remember who they are. I don't know if they think like I'm just churning and burning these people and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm hitting and quitting and you know, whatever. I don't know. But I, I mean, I always remember who they are. But one of the things that they always, you know, tell me is that, you know, oh, thank you. Or I, I guess I might hear this more even from people who have been clients and have maybe canceled and come back or I, don't know, I can't remember exactly where I hear this, but I hear, oh, you know, you were so patient and, and you were, you know, you, there was no pressure and, and you were just very informative and helpful. And those are the things that, you know, mean a lot to people. And dealing with health insurance, you know, I've heard some pretty terrible stories of where, these idiot agents are using these uh, quote unquote high pressure sales tactics to where, you know, they say to these people on the phone that if you don't buy now before the end of the phone call, the rate is going to go up and you're not going to be able to buy it anymore. And it's just, it's utter garbage. And I, I would, uh, I would like to do something mildly ridiculous to those people, you know, I can't quite think of a, of an example at this point in time, but something utterly ridiculous and, you know, some type of public mockery would be, I think, appropriate for that. And that is not being the best because, you know, forcing somebody to buy something before they're ready or, you know, something that they're not fully sure about or, you know, exactly understand what they're getting themselves into it's only going to end badly. 
you might close it for that month, but guess what? Two months later, it might not be there. Um, especially with, you know, the auto and the home and those things where they can kind of come and go as they please. Now with the health insurance, you can kind of slam them into something. And once open enrollment's over, unless they don't want to have health insurance, they might stick with it for a full year. So you might get a whole year out of it. And, you know, I guess if you have no morals and, you know, you, you, uh, you're okay being an awful human being, maybe that works for you. Hopefully you're not listening to this podcast, or if you are listening to this podcast and you have been participating in awful human being activities for the last several years, well, allow this to be your come to Jesus moment and allow yourself to be led to the light of understanding that no deal is that important. Because I think at the end of the day, the reason that a lot of people in sales, whether it's um, you know insurance or not, the reason that they feel this way is because they're unconfident of what's around the corner. They're not sure of the next deal that might be coming maybe, or, you know, they are just so greedy is a strong word, but they're just so insecure about what's next that they feel that they have to have everything right now. And, you know, I've, I, it's one of my biggest complaints about dealing again, like Billy said in the car dealership space, it's like, you know, Hey, they just don't, you know, I'm going to buy the car, right? It's like, listen, I got a couple months here to buy the car. I just want you to tell me, you know, if I'm going to save 30 bucks a month, if I'm waiting, you know, two or three months, you know, tell me that, you know, give me your best guess. You've been doing this for 30 years or however long you've been doing it. You tell me when I, you think I should kind of wait. And there's just such a hesitation and the lack of, again, being the best, no matter who I've talked to in the car industry. But, and, and again, I don't know the financials enough in the car industry to know, you know, if that 20 or $30 means that them being profitable on the sale or not, right? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But deal from confidence, right? Always work from a place of confidence if possible. Be confident that there is something else that you know that you've been the best for somebody and that there's something else around the corner for you. We have a backlog of people to talk to. There's 150 something emails in my inbox right now that half of them are for new business. I keep a, there's a list of uh, paper in front of me and part of it's a reminder for the key people I'm working with to say, listen, we got a backlog of people I can call any day and get them to want to purchase insurance. We either don't have the product or we just forgot or we just got busy. And it's more being the best in that mindset of saying, listen, I'm not for everybody. You mentioned the guy, you, uh, they watched your video, they watched your video, they asked all the questions, and then they just never call back. Cool. But I made that person better. I've given you the ideas because I'm confident enough that there's more than enough phone calls coming in that we're just fine. And I think too many of them are relying on, on internet leads or on some goofy sources and they're trying to compete in the space instead of saying, well, wait a second, who do I actually want to work for? Like who are the customers I actually want in, the industry, you know, in here? I'm just going to be the best for them. And if I'm the best for them, in theory, they'll bring me more people like them. I'm not for everybody. Feel free, repeat it along with me. I'm not for everyone, right? It's okay to say, it's okay to do, it's okay to be. And, you know, I'm just going to be the best for those people. We've said it about 100 times already in the span of about 15 minutes. It's a little absurd, but I think it bears repeating, obviously, as I've done it. So not a whole lot we can do about it at this point. But it's it's interesting to hear, you know, again, Billy's perspective. It's very refreshing, in my opinion, to, to say, hey, listen, you know, again confident 
that, you know, he's got 150 people in his inbox. Now, Billy, I'm not going to give you credit for the people you don't have companies for because that's technically not a prospect. But we're splitting hairs, semantics, tomato, tomato sort of thing. So I'm not going to get over you on you too bad there. And again, you know, I think this comes down to, you know, gratitude, right? Gratefulness, you know. You know, Billy said you've got the videos of the guy who's watched all the videos. He's asked the questions, but he never called back. Great, you made him better. Yeah, when somebody maliciously kind of takes that betterment, and I don't think that's a word, and they deliberately try to cut you out of the deal or they try to backhand you, I mean, they've done you a favor in the standpoint that they're not going to be a good client anyways. So you would constantly be trying to prove yourself. Again, I've used the analogy several times. It's like when you are dating the girl in high school that is way out of your league, right? It's just, it's only a matter of time until things are going to end badly for you because you're just trying to keep your head above water at that point. Now, in this case, it's probably reversed because you're the attractive girl in high school being a good quality agent. And then your client is the one that is, you know, maybe out of their league and they're the ones that are eventually going to get dumped by you because, you know, they're just not worth your time. There we go. I like that a little bit better, a little more positive spin on it, if we will. And it's that, it's that concept of, you know, if that person is willing to throw you under the bus for, you know, a nickel, you know, then, hey, guess what? It's going to happen. It, it better happen sooner than later. And better you find out before you even waste the time and money bringing them on board as a client and then have to get rid of them later. Because it's those types of people that are ultimately not going to make your agency profitable. And that's where, the again, it comes back to you are not for everybody. If you are worried about that person in any way and you want to please that person and make them happy and you're making major business decisions and processes and you're, you're designing processes and workflows and things like that, it's probably not a great idea because that person does not care about you. And now Billy, I think he wasn't taking it from such a negative spin as I've kind of, I, I dove off the deep end there a little bit into the, the dark, sad pools of, of insurance selling. I don't think that that's what he was saying, but he's like, hey, listen, you've, you've provided the information. You've made somebody better. Whether it's today, tomorrow, next year, two years from now, you know, that might pay off. And I'm always hesitant to kind of, you know, throw a coin in that wishing well when it's so far down. But I, I still have to admire Billy's outlook and optimism as I sometimes get a little jaded. And, and maybe that's where I draw the line of, yeah, that's good. That's, that's warm and fuzzy and I can, I can hang my hat on that. But at the end of the day, you just want to focus on the people that you can help and try to do everything you can to help them and lead them back to you, right? If you want to be that person, if you want to be their leader, then they should eventually follow you. And they should bring people to follow with them as well. But it all starts with deciding if you are the best around and if you are going to not be for everybody and understand that no deal is that important and until you realize that, that's the one thing that will always hold you back in selling from a very unconfident place and really screwing things up.
I just got an email back. We're looking at some some cool spots for a rooftop dinner after the first night of the Grow Lab 2017 festivities. And looking at this, uh, looking at these different options, I'm really excited. And, and I kind of wanted to just tell you about it because it's, it's really cool. We're putting together a cool rooftop dinner. Um, obviously included with the price of admission in your Grow Lab 17 ticket. And um, we got a couple different options. We're not quite sure which one we're going to go with. Um, all I know is that Jason has, has a fetish for pianos, more specifically dueling pianos, so that might be happening. Um, there might be some type of awkward um, musical um, participation entertainment from the crowd. I'm not sure. That could get a little weird. But we're looking at a whole bunch of kind of weird and crazy fun options. Um, again, rooftop dinner. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, and also, you know, putting all the final touches and the pretty bows on it. And, and can't wait to get that registration out for you. As I said, stay tuned. Registration is not available. But Grow Lab 17, if you haven't thought about it, um, please mark the dates down in your calendar. Because I think um, you will come back from this experience one knowing and meeting a whole bunch of agents who are at the same spot you are if not slightly ahead or behind and meet real people that are actually trying to do the same things you're trying to do and and you usually don't get that a lot you know you there's a whole lot of nonsense and fluff that you know you talk to some people at some conferences and that's kind of they have no goal direction or, or anything this is all about finding people to share that direction with and how you guys can all move forward with it. So if you think you want to stick around and kind of mark that down, October 24th and 25th in Charlotte, North Carolina, that's Grow Lab 17. Feel free to send me an email. Say, hey, Joey, I am looking forward to be there. Uh, you know, save me a spot. I would love to know that you're coming. Joey at growprogram.com. Look forward to seeing you guys there.